about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. And we are back. That was fire, my boy. Our new intro, week 15. I am through the moon with excitement, not only for that intro, but just for the college football playoff to begin. And I am really looking forward to tiger hunting season. We're here. We're still around. We're coming for you, Trevor. Uh, But before we begin, thank you to our sponsors, Anchor. Uh, I wouldn't be able to get this podcast up without you. And Flipboard, for all my notes I take before the show, I use Flipboard. Flipboard. So those are actually sponsors that we have, so be sure to check them out. The ads will be before the show, so don't skip them over. If you did skip over, go back, listen, and then listen to our intro again, because that is my favorite introduction to any podcast ever. Pretty pumped about with the, that intro song is, you know, uh, obviously – ND is such a classic program and everything is uh, is so just buttoned up and tight and you know we're all about tradition and everything but um you know between installing field turf a couple of years ago between uh you know the new renovations to the stadium I think it's it's a great mix of combining the classic that we love adjusting to the new generation uh I think that's kind of been a point of emphasis with the Brian Kelly era and that's also a point of emphasis here with the Four Horsemen Pod. So I love that intro. Yeah, I've been I've been so excited. We developed it, and by we I mean completely P wagon. Um, <laughs> I would say I don't know three four days ago, and uh, I've been so excited to hear it um, on the show. I really wanted to tell everybody. Um, I showed it to a select few people who really dug it. Um, yeah, it's just really awesome. I've been listening to it all week. Just I'll play it because it's really beautiful to hear. Um, yeah, it's, it's epic. It's a, it's an epic bowl season. We're, uh, we're shaping up nice. The Irish are shaping up nice. Uh, that's all I really got to say to start it. And shout out to shiny pants on SoundCloud. That's uh, shiny space pants. Go find him and, uh, uh, subscribe, follow. I don't know what you're doing SoundCloud, uh, because I'm an adult, but, uh, be sure to give him a, uh, a like, uh, because, I don't think he knows we use it, and uh, hopefully we don't get sued. So, moving forward from there, thank you, Shiny Pink. Cutting into our precious uh, ad dollars now. Yes, ad cents. Um, but uh, really, <laughs> uh, that sound that everyone found was for the jersey release, and there was a big hullabaloo about what they were going to do with the jersey, if they were going to go back to the Cotton Bowl of the 70s. Uh, but they really embrace this rush for gold uh, campaign. And Dylan, this is an American history fact here. But uh, in 1849, there was the San Francisco Gold Rush. And the national championship game is being played in San Francisco. So it's a little double meaning that they had there. Ah, I didn't even catch that. It's actually pretty lit. And uh, so, really, I like the jerseys a lot. It's understated what they did. Uh, They have the green in there. They have the blue um, gloves. I I I like them. 
Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, I like that they highlighted the gold to make it pop a little more. Um, it's really nice, simple. Uh, hopefully it looks good on the field. But, uh, yeah, our, our unis are classic no matter which one we're wearing. So nice and clean. I didn't even hate the, the Stadium Series one this year, the Shamrock Series. Okay. Uh, they, sure. looked, they looked okay. So that, that's my take on that. Steve, thoughts on the jersey? The friggin' gold really, really pops. And again, it's um, just like the intro song, just like literally what I was saying five, not even five minutes ago. It's, it's a beautiful rendition of a classic jersey, but also with a modern touch to it. Um, so the thing is really shining. I love the gold trim with it and wish there would have been green, uh, you know, numbers, but I think it still looks pretty awesome. And with our, our road whites, they always pop in general, uh, with, with the white helmets and, and everything. So it, they did everything tastefully. They didn't overdo it and, um, rush for freaking gold. I'm, even more amped up because I didn't even put two and two together, mainly because I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, and the, the big thing is Notre Dame is the first Under Armour team to make the national championship, uh, or not not national championship, knock on wood for that, but um, to make the uh, college football playoff in the years that it's been. They've all been Nike teams. So Under Armour's uh, using this as, as a chance to stunt, and uh, I, don't ha- I don't hate it. If Oklahoma wins – we have a chance to see Notre Dame in a home uniform if, you know, they finish the job against Clemson or when they do. That would be epic. You get a white jersey and then a possible green jersey or a blue jersey. I don't even know what they could do for a national championship. Yeah, I wonder if they would kind of do the same kind of glittery pop to the gold on the on the blue jersey as they are with the white because I assume we would wear the gold rush for the championship game if we made it. But I think Notre Dame, Oklahoma is something college football needs right now. I agree. Uh, I, I was having this debate with some other fans where I don't want to see Alabama Clemson anymore. Um, this sport is one of the best in the world for being just chaotic and fun and interesting. And Alabama sucked the life out of it, really. Um, at no point in history has there been a more boring dynasty. Um, that's kind of killed the enthusiasm with the sport. And then Clemson lately, right? It's four years in a row for them too. So I would be pretty annoyed if we had to watch another Clemson, Alabama. I wouldn't watch it. I, uh, I, I would be depending on my mental health uh, really is a huge contributing factor to what happens on December 29th. Uh, Preach. If, if it's bad, I'm done with football. I won't even watch professional football. I'll be done until September. <laughs> that is where I'm at in my life right now, where I need this win. Like the intro says, but I I need this win. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. And I think college football needs it too, just to see a different team in the final and a different team win it. Because Yeah, and that was a really unique point that you made, that it's such a boring dynasty, because it really is. It's just fucking boring. Like... Saban is just a douchebag. The teams usually have no flair to them. They're just like, they're all, it's all, it's just machines. They're all just machines. There's no personality there or anything. At least a fun dynasty was like, 
you know, the late eighties, uh, hurricanes, you know, Miami hurricanes. And even still like there was five, six different teams in the nation that could have given them a run for their money at that time. Uh, you know, probably like Nebraska, Notre Dame, I'm sure Penn state, I'm sure Michigan, like, uh, Oklahoma, like there, there's probably been some blue bloods, uh, that, you know, even during the time of dynasties back then that there was, I'm, I'm sure, like there was more people in the mix that could have made it more fun. And that was a team with flair and personality. Alabama is so goddamn boring and it's just, it's sickening. It's stupid. I hate Nick Saban. I'm not going to say what I want to actually say. uh, But what I will say is it would sure it would, it would be a real shame if he ceased to exist as the head coach anymore. And that's, I'll, that's me tidying up my real thoughts. We will leave it at that. But the the one thing, kind of just going off of that, and I'm not sure if this point is going to be abundantly clear, but I'm going to make it anyway. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. I actually will watch the uh, national championship, but I won't watch the game. They do this coach's corner where it's just eight guys in a room talking about football. It's the most fun thing to watch. I highly, highly recommend anyone who doesn't have a dog in the race, just throw on the channel. Last year was just eight nondescript coaches just in a room, uh, probably somewhere in Bristol, talking about football. And it was a fantastic thing. It was like three hours of just being in a coach's room, and I enjoyed every minute of it. You're just a football's guy's guy. I mean, I was a football guy for a while, four years of coaching, two wins to my name. Uh, <laughs> freshman, freshman football wasn't exactly a hotbed uh, in upstate New York. Weird. Uh, but anyway, moving on, speaking of hotbed of recruiting, uh, let's go talk a little bit about the recruits that we have coming in. Uh, you can thank me for that segue later. Uh, so I know that we have a pretty good class coming in. Early signing period begins on Wednesday. Uh, so uh, whenever you listen to this, it's this week. And uh, it lasts for three days, ends on Friday. Uh, last year, Brendan, Braden Lindsay uh, signed on the last day of the early signing period. They signed 27 men last recruiting cycle, and 21 of those recruits signed during the early signing period. And then really the traditional February signing day, the rest of the people uh, do. This early signing day helps clarify numbers, and it really just helps the coaches manage their time better. And they're looking at 22 commits uh, that were all verbal right now, and they're all expected to sign Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday this week. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's another good class. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty solid recruiting um, just in general, which is really amazing when you consider how terrible South Bend, Indiana is. Um, but uh, it's, it's the allure of the program. I think it's Kelly. It's winning. Um, we don't really have five-star recruits. I can't remember the last time we signed one. It might have been Jalen Smith. It was, yeah. Yep. Um, but that's not a big deal. We develop them. And, I mean, just look at the draft in the NFL in the first round. How many of them are actual five-star guys? Not many. Uh, just the Alabama ones. So, uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a good recruiting class. We're pretty deep. Uh, and then it looks good in, in the next few years as well, which I was taking a quick look at. So overall, they got a lot of four-star, four- and three-star recruits, uh, which I like a lot. Um, really high in the punter, which is kind of weird. And then you have some preferred walk-ons too. Uh, in. 
Uh, so that's always fun to see. Uh, really, they're they're making a, a big rush for Hawaii. Uh, obviously, with Monteteo uh, and Myron Tagliavoa, Amas, whatever. Um, so with that, looking at the depth chart, we're in pretty good hands uh, moving forward, especially at quarterback. You have Phil uh, and Ian Book, uh, se- sophomore, senior. Wimbush could come back for fifth year. He won't be back. He'll be gone. And then we have a freshman, Brendan Clark from Virginia. He Uh, just won his uh, state title. And with that, he's just kind of holding place for when Drew Pine comes in uh, really high on him. Hey, let's let's not discount that Brendan Clark is a three-star guy that he's literally like Ian Book number two. Like if you look at the way he plays the game. And then you saw Phil Jerkovic right there. So um, I'm really high on that. And then our running backs. You have Tony Jones Sr., Jafar, Avery Davis, Sebo Flemster, and Jameer Smith, all upperclassmen with Kyron Williams getting signed. So with that right there, you have your stable again with Tony Jones as a staple back, Jafar and Avery Davis, and even Sebo really making huge contributions. Thoughts? Yeah, it's all it's all happens because of the O line, and uh, our O line is going to look really good in the future because it's young. It's coming back for the most part because we this was a rebuilding year, and uh, recruit wise, we are loaded on the number offense. one or offensive line class uh, this year, which it should be always because we are an O line driven school. That's kind of our identity as a football team. Um, mm-hmm. Look at recent years; it's O line you and tight end you because we just dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, and rightfully so. So it's good to see that we're loaded in the recruiting classes coming up, both at guard and at tackle. And tight end, if we want to throw that in. Uh, it's all junior and sophomore, four, four of them. Two yeah. juniors, two sophomores. And we have two top-of-the-line tight ends signed for 2020, not this year, but next year. Yep. So by the time that they make their way in, they'll be sophomores or juniors, and then we're just going to continue the cycle of tight end dominance. So. I think we did a pretty good job of uh, getting balance. I think that might have been an issue earlier on in the Kelly tenure was getting kind of depth at all the positions, which we see now. I mean, we've, when have we ever recruited well at safety? I mean, that's one of our strongest points now um, in the last two recruit classes. So we're pretty deep around, uh, and, and it's good to see. It, it, it's really nice that Notre Dame is going to be stocked at every position coming in the next few years. Love it. Yeah. Kind of um, Unfortunately, the Alabama model, but, you know, whatever. If it works yes. for them, it'll work for us. Speaking of safety, um, probably my second favorite recruit coming in is probably our top-rated guy, which is uh, Kyle Hamilton. He's a safety, 6'3", 195. Uh, he's from Atlanta, Georgia. So for us to pick up a elite safety recruit uh, in the state of Georgia is is huge because that I feel like – the secondary in Georgia, obviously DeAndre Baker's nasty, but he's going to be going to the pros. I feel like in the next couple of years, um, you know, unless they've been stacking up talent, they might have some problems because they're going to have a lot of youth coming in to, uh, to my understanding of their depth chart. So for us to pick up Kyle Hamilton, who has basically played himself up to a borderline five-star guy is, is really awesome. Uh, and then my favorite guy who I am so excited for, and we've made it a point of emphasis to, uh, to dominate the, the trenches. Um, 
Nana Osof- Osafo Mensa. Uh, I can't wait for Ooh, Nana <laughs> to, to get in the backfield. He's going to be a weak side defensive end, so a drop end just like Julian Arquara, where he definitely is going to be rushing most of the time, but he can drop back in, into uh, into some coverage. Uh, as you notice, Julian Aquara did have an interception in the Michigan game to start the year. Uh, so he's 6'4", 231 coming off the edge, and, and he just has a high motor. And he's just an absolute monster. So I, Nana is my guy. I love him. I'm ride or die with him forever. But yeah, I mean, this, this is probably, I, I'm just going through like a bunch of four-star offensive linemen. And we have, we have some pretty decent skilled position guys coming in too. But I mean, two four-star linebackers, uh, defensive tackles, safeties, like up and down. We are just... Like we literally recruited an entire team in this cycle that uh, they're not all five stars. So yeah, they're not going to be on the field as true freshmen. I'm okay with that. We actually have depth. We have youth that is going to be shining through in the next couple of years. I mean, last year's class was pretty good. And I think that this class is going to be a staple. That's going to, I think this class in itself is a national championship contending class. And if we can between last year's and this year's, if we can string together one more next year, this could potentially be like dynasty level shit. And that's why I'm so excited. Yeah. I'll stop talking. Well, that's the thing with, with Notre Dame is getting the consistency um, because we tend to have highs and then extremely low lows. Um, so if we can kind of get a consistent 10, 11 win program uh, where you're in the playoff every other year or you're contending for it every year, um, that's kind of what, what we want and what we need as a program um, to be basically the next Ohio State where it's every year they're in and around the, 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 the national championship conversation. Um, something I watched uh, earlier was uh, Brian Kelly's press conference after the practice. I don't know if you guys saw it, but they asked him a question about returning returning players. And uh, his answer was he has a pretty good idea of who's coming back and who's not. And it was kind of a positive sign of uh, lots lots coming back. So, um my question maybe for P-Wagon is Aloe Gilman, uh, he's eligible for one more year, correct? Yes. Yeah, I got a good feeling about him coming back because we were talking about safeties. That guy's been miraculous. Um, he's, he's not leaving. He, he has two, technically has two years uh, because of the year he had to take off for the whole Navy thing. I, I couldn't see him leave. He He's not developed enough as a safety to play in the, in the next level. And I feel like those Hawaiians all come back. Not to make a broad generalization about the entire state of Hawaii or its residents, but I feel like they value education more so than anything. Uh, when you think about it, all of them, even Tua, he's coming back for a senior year, and he could go right now. He's only a sophomore. Oh, not eligible, I believe. Yeah, no, that's we're not good. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, not- my my point stands. You know, yeah. Hawaiians like education; they value that education piece. Uh, and then even, you know, Alison Matt's leaving. Dexter Williams is leaving. I'm not surprised by either of them. Boykin. Miles Boykin, 50-50 on that. Yeah, if he comes back, this will be a dominant offense next year with Claypool, um, whichever tight end we throw in there, that running back core, uh, the developed offensive line, and then Boykin. Uh, I can see Boykin doing one more year. And how about uh, Kevin Austin working out of the slot because Fink is going to be gone. Oh, I thought – Fink has another year. Yeah, he does have another year. He does have another year? Yeah. But even still, I mean, Kevin Austin's a high-level guy, and he's one of those guys from last year. He's a true freshman, uh, but he was one of those big-time recruits last year that we got out of, I believe he's from the Miami area, and he's got speed like insane, 6'3", 
you know, speaking topically, he kind of reminds me of an Amari Cooper. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, another guy. I'm too. very hot on, on on Austin. Would love for him to see uh, a lot of time, and I obviously Fink is is the man. But you know, uh, we we need to get our high powered recruits in there somehow. I agree, and you know, getting all these recruits help with the amount of awards that uh, they won. You know, Drew Dex and Alize going to the Senior Bowl. That's awesome. Getting Julian Love a consensus or unanimous All-American is also great. Brian Kelly winning Coach of the Year. That's awesome. I and called that one. He won three of them from three separate uh, organizations. So that helps. There's really no individual accolades. Drew Tranquil won the student athlete, and uh, Nick Wisher became the captain of the All-State Good Hands team. Uh, which does the community service for what it does for Wish Fest. Uh, so that's awesome. And really, looking at the awards itself, they named Ian Book the MVP. This team did. And I thought that was really a good sign. Um, really, what the uh, Echo Awards will be on NBC uh, Sports Network next weekend on Saturday. But uh, they, they did all that. Just to run through them, that's kind of the Notre Dame Team Awards. Uh, not really sure what a lot of them mean, so I'm only going to go through the ones I know. Um, let's get some quick reactions here. Uh, Chris Fink won the Walk-On Player of the Year award. Thoughts? Yep. Naturally, I don't think he really had much competition. Not at all. Uh, Lowy Gilman, defensive newcomer. Again, we called that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, offensive newcomer of the year, Dexter Williams. That was baffling to me. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a little weird. I would have I would have put for my my cousin neighbor, Chase Claypool. I would agree. With uh, that. I mean, Claypool was still a you know he, he made he made more impact last year, but Williams was the second running back. Just very yeah, yeah. But Dexter was also had like nine touchdowns last year and was averaging like nine point three yards per carry. Like we knew we knew that he was in that he was established as the backup and then was going to play this year. And then Claypool, you know, was playing last year. Am I am I losing my mind or didn't Claypool have the game winning uh, snag against LSU or was that Boykin? Boykin. It, was, it was Boykin. Claypool got but, last year um, and he showed good flashes. But how about Ian Book? He could have won that award too. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That's why I was baffled because the the quote unquote newcomer of the year is literally the guy that this is the first time he's ever seen real snaps outside of the North Carolina game last year, and then the second half cleanup uh, job Jafar, against LSU. Jafar Armstrong too. Jafar, if if he had hadn't missed time, then yeah, definitely, I think he would have been a great candidate. But uh, his his knee, uh, you know, shitting the bed halfway through the season kind of put that to rest, unfortunately. So I was baffled that it wasn't Ian Book. I mean, the good news is we have a lot of guys that are basically in their first real year as, as a starter that are producing so well. So this is why we can have a discussion of, across four or five different potential guys. But um, but yeah, newcomer, personally, I think it was Book. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know what? I don't even really give a, a, a shit. I'm trying. I'm trying not to swear. I don't really give a shit about the uh, the individual awards because, you know, this this it just just everything is just so exciting. Uh, Father Lang Iron Cross Award, Alex Bars, uh, for his commitment in the weight room. He would have been an All American if he didn't get hurt. And whoever picks him up in the NFL, it's a, it's a steal. Deal. Yeah, they'll get him late, and that'll be a great pick. 
Moose Krause Defensive Lineman Award, Jerry Tillery. No surprise there. Offensive Lineman of the Year, Sam Mustafer. Uh, special Team Player of the Year, Justin Yoon. I was really surprised that it wasn't Jonathan Dore. Huh. <laughs> well, I'm glad we all Your one job is to kick the ball. You can't even do your own fucking job. Uh, defensive Impact Player, Julian Aquara. It feels like we've called all this throughout the season, so pat, pat ourselves on the back there. Uh, Chase Claypool, Offensive Impact Player of the Year. And uh, let's see. Nets man in, Brandon Wimbush. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, Tavon Coney. Offensive Player of the Year, Miles Boykin. Most Valuable Player, Ian Book. So yeah, They seem to want to spread it out evenly, not give everyone you know more than one award, and that, that seems fine with me. And uh, so that's that. And just to go back to recruits real quick, uh, there are 10 recruits that we're still currently highlighting. Uh, some of them, one, A.J. Henning. He's kind of a hybrid Jafar Armstrong type, 5'10", 170. Uh, he hasn't been signed yet. Ohio State's not really high on him. Uh, so isn't, uh, isn't A.J. Henning for next year? He is for 2020. Yes. With, yeah, with 2020. He's with uh, Drew Pine's class. I'm feeling good about him. I think we have a good shot. And uh, then we got this cat from Boston. Uh, he goes to Milton Academy where Yoon went. Khalil Mullins. I don't think we can talk really too much about recruits without violating some rules. But uh, 6'2", 215. I've watched tape on the kid. Uh, it's Michigan or Notre Dame for him. Uh, I like him a lot. And uh, really one last one. Just I'm just going through the list real quick here. Uh, we have a defensive lineman from Cincinnati, 6'6", six, six, uh, 260. He, uh, again, is Ohio State or Notre Dame. And with Urban leaving, that's going to be huge to pick up some of those Ohio State recruits who are looking to flip. So uh, that's all I got there. And uh, any last things about awards, recruits, or anything like that? Nope. Good on this end. Mm, no, nah, I mean, we can get into it more. I mean, next next week, right, is signing week. So as, as we approach when, next week. If you listen to me, it's Wednesday. Wait, no. The night. Yeah, that as be- we're recording this, it's, it's Monday the 10th. Okay. So, yeah, we have so, a until signing week. I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> I haven't looked at a calendar. Yeah. God knows how long. So. Yeah. All I know is so, that uh, we still have some time days. to focus in on recruiting, but I mean, it, it's definitely exciting to see. And I think a lot of those guys are like expressing the desire to come in early. Um, jerseys, cool song, cool awards, cool, but don't really matter too much because the team is really exciting. And in two and a half more weeks is, is our beckoning. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm not, I'm nervous. Because I don't know what's going to happen, and it's a 4 p.m. game, so that means it's oh. not. One thing, there was one point I wanted to make in this podcast uh, that I, I forgot until the end just now, and we can all just have one go round of making fun of this individual, call him a fuckhead, and then we can sign off. Kirk Herb Street. We, we have the quiz. Oh yeah, we have the quiz. Uh, Kirk Herb Street said that. Go. Kirk Herbstreet today said that Notre Dame's corners, one of them who literally just wrongfully lost the best cornerback Thorpe award, right? Said that we are going to have a hard time with the quote unquote elite level wide receiver talent. 
Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is a senior. He his highest career total is 600 yards in his career. That was like last year. This year he has like 400 yards. Um, their their main guy, their number one receiver, has like 800 yards in the year. Yeah, that's a really weird comment because um, their secondary is probably their weakest thing, and our receivers are definitely our strength. So it's like that we should probably be flipped that they'll have trouble with our guys. And our pass defense is our one of our best attributes, and their receivers aren't you know the same as Etienne or or Lawrence. So it's yeah. a really weird thing for Herbie to say. And Don't get me wrong; like they probably these rec- these guys that they have are probably once upon a time four or five star recruits. They're probably like really good talent wise, but they're all I checked today; they're all sophomores or freshmen. Like they're don't get me wrong. Probably two, three years from now, all of the Clemson receivers are probably going to have at least a chance in the NFL. But right now, none of them are like they're your number one receiver, 800 yards, your number two receiver, 600 yards. Um, I mean, come on. I mean, not that Notre Dame's one and two with Claypool and, and Boykin have two dissimilar stats. However, the difference is we had our backup QB playing three games. Then there Four. are, we also say, that, oh, it shows that Trevor Lawrence can really spread it around. N- no. It shows that you don't have any consistency within your offense. I can't wait for Travis Etienne to get the ball on an outside zone and for Gilman to come downfield and undercut his kneecaps and just watch that man not want to get off. And Dude, then has, him run an inside zone. Because Clemson so played a front seven – as as tough as ours? Not really, but then some asshole on the internet, I'll take back my fuckhead comment, I'm sorry. But some asshole goes, oh, you can just run up the middle on Notre Dame all day, and no team, two teams are too scared to do that. Tillery, Coney, Tranquil. We'll load the box up, make Lawrence throw to one of our corners, Julian Love, who should have won the Thorpe. Let him do it. it it's this ridiculous argument that all these these pundits are making that oh Clemson's so good Clemson almost lost to Syracuse and not because Trevor Lawrence got knocked out of the game Clemson almost lost to a viable quarterback who can run and throw the ball Notre Dame would have had trouble at Yankee Stadium against him yeah if he get knocked out of the game with uh, fandom back spasms it would have been a game yeah, and and I don't want to get too far into matchups because I think we can save this for two weeks from now because yeah, that you know as, as we get closer we'll have more of a clue and we can do more research. But I just thought it was ridiculous, ridiculous that Herb Street was saying that our like arguably number one corner in the nation was going to have a tough time with a guy who has eight hundred yards, who has had who has cleared one hundred yards in three out of thirteen games. Dylan, one question for you as a Cowboys fan: Has it ever rained in Jerry World? Uh, they got the the roof that they can, you know, put up and down. So I don't he's, think so. He's setting you up for a joke. I'm setting you up for a joke. There's no <laughs> fucking hurricane. Oh, no this yeah. is weather-free Notre Dame by fifty or one. I don't really care as long as they win the game. But uh, you know, that's all my hard-hitting analysis this week. I'll pre- be sure to do a little bit more. Uh, as we get closer to Clemson. Uh, but Dylan, I know that you have something prepared for us. I, do. I personally, I haven't, I don't have any more Canadian questions. I'm pretty well versed with uh, you fine folks up there. Uh, but Dylan, hit us. 
last topic of the day. So this will probably be our bulkiest segment, I guess. But uh, you guys have been asking me questions all year in the most cringeworthy segment we have. <laughs> and, uh, some some cringy answers in there, too. Um, so I have planned this for a while um, that I wanted to, at the end of the year, quiz you guys on Canada, and we'll play a little game. So um, I'm glad you both have your cameras on so I can see your faces when I ask you these questions. But uh, here, here's how it how, how it goes. So there's going to be kind of three rounds. Um, you each can have six questions, and they kind of get harder as we go, and I try to keep them even in difficulty. Then wow. we'll have kind of a, a quick little second round where you guys will both answer the question, and then there is a bonus third round for all the marbles. So it's basically a point per question. Uh, for people playing along at home, you know, feel free to uh, to try to, to guess the answers. Uh, tweet us what your score was um, and how much smarter you are than these two. Uh, <laughs> at P-Wagon Sipsy here, uh, at Horseman Pod or Pod Horseman. I don't, we don't really use that account too often, but at P-Wagon Sipsy, uh, you'll see Steve Carell as my avatar. Uh, at Steve Campy and at Dilly Dilly ninety seven. Yeah, so I'm I've been pretty excited about this. I've been working on it for a while. So if you boys are ready, prepare to play. You know the Canada quiz game. Let's go. Just so you know, this is an empty phone note on my phone, just so I can keep notes. I'm we not look things up. That that would be really shitty. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cheat. Just yeah. threw my phone across the room. That was a little dramatic, but I'll allow it. All right, let it rip, Dill. All right, question one goes to P-Wagon, and we'll alternate. So can you tell me what is the capital of Canada? <laughs> <laughs> this is the question you will have. Oh, fuck. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Rach says it's the sixth. Toronto. Nope. <laughs> uh, the capital. Steve, do you know it? I am going to assume because it's the Ottawa Senators. I'm going to assume Ottawa. Yeah, so you're not going to get a point for stealing it. but hockey. Yes, the Let's go hockey. Ottawa is the capital. I'm actually studying at the University of Ottawa, so um, I'm in the nation's capital. It's our D.C. Um, oh, so it's uh, the Moss Eisley of Canada. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's actually no it's it's Star Wars. It's a nice city. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Ottawa is the capital. A lot of people guess Toronto, so – that's a big X there for P-Wagon. Um, I did mention on the show before that it was the capital, so shame on you, buddy. <laughs> well, what's our capital? Washington, D.C. <laughs> what was our original capital? Ooh, Philadelphia? Yes, correct. Good job. Yeah, no, we, see, us Canadians, America's so big that we just kind of know all your shit, so I, I don't blame you for not knowing ours. Um, so question two for Steve. Um, Canada has the Blue Jays and the Raptors in the MLB and NBA. Can you name the other two Canadian teams that used to play in those leagues? In the MLB and the, and the NBA. In the MLB, it was the Montreal Expos. In the NBA, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, shit. I hate basketball, so okay. um, so Toronto Raptors. Where else would there have been a team? Um, I'll give you points if you guess the city. Oh God, Vancouver basketball guys. Yeah, Vancouver Grizzlies. That's what I said. They moved to Memphis. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. So and uh, you're not mentioning the none of it narwhals. So I probably should have. <laughs> I probably should have switched those questions. So you would have each gotten them right. But uh, good job, Steve. Um, you get a point. Um, P wagon, That's you're falling behind. I am. Um, so question for you, P wagon. Um, and this is kind of subjective, so you kind of got a little easier one here, but name three things that Canadians are generally proud of. Tim Hortons. Okay. The national anthem. Okay. And Justin Trudeau. <laughs> no, your Maple Leaf flag. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you the point. <laughs> um, good, good job, P. Um, that was basically named three stereotypes. And uh, yeah. So... Steve, for you, what province has the largest area in mass? Oh, fuck. Um, just because it's so far up there, I'm going to say the Northern Territories. Uh, there's three Northern Territories, so you would have to give me uh, an actual one. I mean, it's literally called the Northern Territories. No, no. Uh, I'm going to go with, I get, oh, shit, no, Siberia's in Russia. It's the same thing. <laughs> Did you say Israel? Lay down. Just lay down. Um, she's a nurse, all right? She's not a genius. Yukon. Uh, uh, no. So you're probably thinking of the Northwest Territories, which is a territory. And that's not the right answer either. So province, it, I, I, would, I would give it either way. So province, it's Quebec. They are the largest landmass. Oh, come on. I should have known by the Frenchness. Yes. And then uh, Nunavut, the other territory, I, yeah, I, I would have given that one, uh, even though it's not a province, because it is actually the largest mass in Canada. So, sorry, Steve. Um, none of it positive uh, podcast. Yes, we are. We are. Um, so... Question for P-Wagon. What are the official language or languages of Canada? <laughs> English and French. Correct. Yeah, the two official languages in Canada. We are a bilingual country, although each province has their own version of that. Yep. All good? Horseshit. Okay, next. Um, Steve... And this one is especially for you. In the 2010 Olympics held in Vancouver, which Canadian hockey player scored the game-winning goal in overtime of the gold medal game, and who was the opponent? Fuck you. Sidney Crosby against the United States. Good job. <sighs> and I would love to just bathe in that glory. Yeah, but we beat you guys in rugby, so. That's not a sport. Number one we in beat you in football every year. Do we play football ever? Exactly. Yes. All right, P-Wagon, we're getting a little bit tougher here. Um, so according to a 2015 survey, uh, the most popular ancestry groups in the United States of America are German, African-American, Mexican, Irish, and English. Can you name two of the top five groups in Canada? French. Yep. And top five. 
French and French over with Inuit. You are correct. Those are the those are two of the five. Oh yeah, the main language is French and English, and then of course. <laughs> I was going to ask if, if, if you count in Nova Scotia, if like people from like Denmark count. Well, what, what's interesting. So I'll give you the top five for the people interested at home. Um, and the way the census works is it's very arbitrary. So you can kind they of just stand out of the Tim Hortons and they ask people questions. Yes. Um, so number one is actually Canadian. So for some reason that is counting as an ethnicity. Um, two is English. Three is Scottish four is French, and fifth is Irish. So those are our top five. We're very similar to you, um, in case you didn't know that yet. Um, so good job, P. You're you're hanging on three points. You're on a big three win streak here. Yeah, I am. Poor shit. Okay, this one's for Steve, and you seem to be a little bit of a history buff. Um, so in the War of 1812 between the United States and the United Kingdom, at the time was you know occupying Canada, uh-huh. what historical U.S. property was burned down by the British? That was the White House. That is correct. We burned down your fucking White House. Don't forget it. Listen, there's a lot of animosity coming at my question. We're starting a new war here, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that would be a fun question to ask Steve. Oh, hey, P-Wagon. I'd be impressed if you knew this one. Wait, wait. I have a bonus Ask a Canadian. Okay. So the 1812, War of 1812 produced the 1812 Overture. Mm-hmm. Who was the composer? Oh well, we we play it at Notre Dame. Um, I don't know who it, who who does it. Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky. I was gonna say something Ovsky because I just know there's a bunch of Russian composers. Yeah, um, and we do play it at Notre Dame. People don't forget, and yeah. I will let you proceed. All right, so P wagon. That was our little our little halftime break. Um, can you name five Canadian music artists? Any yeah. genre. Do they have to be from Canada? Well, they're Canadian the United States. What's that? Can they be like crossover? Do they live they're like born Canada and then they moved? Originated in Canada. Originated in Canada. Five. Five. Jesus. Um. Let's see. Justin Bieber. Yep. A mighty mighty boss tones. <laughs> the answer is no. I can name Justin Bieber. You can just name Justin Bieber. That's Celine bad. Dion, Drake. Oh yeah, Drake would be one. Yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And let's see one more. One more. One more. Fuck. I'm blanking. Like Neil Young, Rush. Uh, Rush is Canadian. Yeah, they are. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys fail our pulp culture there. So, all right. Uh, we're not. Yeah, a- I was a lot close. You were. All right, Steve. So, of course, these questions have been getting progressively harder. But this one, I think you can do well in. Canadians have invented many popular sports today. For example, a Canadian invented five-pin bowling. Can you name the three other major sports Canadian and Canadians have invented? Uh, I'm going to go with hockey, lacrosse, and <laughs> curling. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think curling was Canadian. The answer I was looking for was basketball. James Naismith. James Naismith was Canadian, but I am going to I am gonna check up who invented curling just so I'm not screwing yeah, you. I feel like lacrosse was invented Naismith. by the American Indians, but 
No. So uh, I did look it up ahead of time. So those were the three that I got plus five pin bowling, which is why I mentioned that in the question. Um, pin bowling isn't popular. Scotland, Scotland invented curling, which is what I thought. Um, so that's close, but no dice. All right. So this is the last question of the of the singular questions uh, for each of you. So, Steve, or, sorry, P wagon, can you name the ten provinces of Canada? No. <laughs> none of it. Uh, none of it. One of it. Two of it. Three of it. Four of it. Five of it. Six of it. Seven of it. Eight of it. Nine of it. Oh come on. <laughs> The, the Northwest Territory. Okay, so I should clarify. There's 10 provinces and three territories. I would count territories if you could name them, but I was wondering if you knew the provinces. Quebec. Quebec is one. Newfoundland. Yep, that's two. Nova Scotia. Yep, three. Which one is Toronto in? Vancouver. <laughs> Wrong. Vancouver's a city. Vancouver's a city. Ontario. 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 That's four. Four. Um, no. None of it. Five. That's not bad. That's not bad. Steve could not for points, but do you know ten? All right. Let's see. Do you know all fifty states? I feel like that's. A I do, and I can name the capitals on like two goes around on that like quiz online. All right, let's see. So we got Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island. Yep. Um, Quebec. Yep. Ontario. Yep. Uh, British Columbia. Yep. Northwest Territories. Yukon. None of it. Um, I'm trying to think where Calgary is located. Alberta. I, I don't no no Saskatoon, I'm pretty sure is a city. Yeah. That's in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Saskatchewan, that's what I wanted to do. So that's nine. That's nine. Yeah. So you missed Alberta, which he mentioned. Alberta, Canada, shit. Yeah, that's that's where my home is. That's where I'll be home for Christmas. Um, you missed New Brunswick, which borders Maine, which is where I'm originally from. Uh, and then uh, Manitoba. That's the other one you missed. Manitoba Moose. Or is it Meese? Have we ever established that? Uh, nope. And it's Meese as long as I'm alive. All right. So uh, good job there, guys. I appreciate your effort. Um, so Steve, because I had these two hard ones. That was one that went to P-Wagon. And the other one I decided to go with Steve. Can you name four Canadian prime ministers? <laughs> Justin Trudeau. That is one. Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> Rob Ford. Bob Dole. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you, couldn't name, you couldn't name four. Do you know who the previous one was? Not even a remote clue. I actually listened to an interview of him recently too, but I have no clue. Yeah, Stephen Harper did The Daily Show. Uh, yeah, him. All right, so uh, not too bad. You guys did just about as, as well as I thought you would. So we're into round two, and these are questions for both of you. They're true or false. What's the score so far? I know I, I have three points. You're tied at three, so it, it, it's right. a neck and neck one. So All right. uh, we'll alternate who gets to answer first. Um, so we'll start with P-Wagon, but you'll both answer this. True or false, there are no rats in the province of Alberta. True. True. Uh, Steve? False. 
B-Wagon, you're correct. Fuck. Canada's a very clean city. <laughs> Alberta reports to have no rats, and there are people hired to exterminate any that are reported. So it's a it's a rat-free province. It's like I'm getting a passport and going to Alberta. Is Sidney Crosby from there? Hey, hey, watch it there. Marshawn's a little bit of a rat. Yeah, but we love him. Okay, okay. All right. So, Steve, you'll answer this one first. True or false? English speakers in the French province of Quebec were once placed in concentration camps until the federal government found out and sent the military in to intervene. Oh, um, I believe that there was some sort of, uh, I believe that there was some sort of discriminations. I do not believe that there were concentration camps. I'm going to go with false. I'll go with false as well. You are both correct. It is false. Um, I, I ran these by my girlfriend first, and she kind of giggled a little bit at that one because it's kind of funny. Um, but that's <laughs> not true. We were not put in concentration camps in Quebec. Uh, but there was some discrimination, as Steve pointed out. So uh, good job for both of you. P, you're at five, and you're at four, Steve. Mm -hmm. So another short false. P, you get to go first. Canada has a military that includes traditionally an army, a navy, and an air force. True. We have a military. True. Steve. True. False. P wagon, you're right. We do have a military. Um, yeah. The I, Air Force was the tricky one. I wasn't sure if you had one of those. Yeah. At least, at least I think so. Um, did you know that a Canadian sniper actually has the uh, the longest ever kill shot? Interesting. That's not Chris Kyle from the movie. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Although America's still better. All right. America, fuck yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> um, last bonus question, um, and we're going to play Price is Right rules. How many people live in Canada according to the 2016 official government census? So that might be a little different now, but we'll go in the 2016 census. What's the score right now, by the way? Uh, you're up by two. And I believe it is Steve's chance to go first. Um, <clears throat> like, do we have? Does this have to be an exact number? Or are we like working it within an interval of five or what? Um, price of right rule, so don't go over. Uh, closest, but don't go over. Forty-one million. Forty-one million. P wagon. Fifty-three million. All right, so you both went over. We're a very small country. Oh, no, no, no. Start again. Don't so, tell us. Oh, is that is that the way it works? Liberals. Okay. Steve. So we we're, we 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 guess. Yes. Twenty nine million. Twenty nine million. One dollar. One. Fucking ass. No, no. I'll real guess. Canada. Seventeen million. All right, so the official population is 35,151,728 as of 2016. So, Steve, you are back in this one, down by one. Um, last bonus question. Oh, boy. So I hope you guys are ready for this. And the people at home can enjoy the hell out of it. All right, here we go. Bonus point if you can sing the Canadian National Anthem. 
The entire thing. <laughs> entire thing. Fuck. And you should know that as a hockey fan. I know. Oh, Canada, my home and native land. Let's go to Tim Hortons and get some coffee. And how about we do some hockey? Oh, Canada, my home and native land. Sidney Crosby's a bitch. And we don't have a military. Something, 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 and far and wide. Something else is true. <laughs> I feel like there's like to, to liberty and fraternity. We love Canada. Don't kill the beavers. That is shockingly bad from both of you. I know the tune. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. It's like God Save the Queen. No, it's the best anthem, so it's definitely not that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so overall, I mean, you definitely both failed on the bonus, but I can't blame you. Although I can sing your anthem, and I won't, but I can because I hear it all the time. Um, and I do like it, actually. Um, so by a tally of six to five, P-Wagon, surprisingly, this was, is This was better. absolutely fucking rigged. At Canada. Who would have guessed? I'm proud to be a Canadian. It's where <laughs> I am sorry. It started off so poorly with him not knowing the capital, and yet he wins anyway. What a comeback. Greatest comeback. This was as rigged as any game against the Pittsburgh Steelers this, this year. So on that note, now that I am the master of Canada, I think they, uh, they make me the mayor of Toronto now for knowing Knowing this quiz, do crack. Yeah, I, I won't do that. But I can tell you, next week we may have some guests on. Uh, we may have some friends joining us to talk about Notre Dame football, life, really whatever. Uh, until that time, the start of bowl season is fast approaching. Enjoy. There are no major holidays for me to offend people on this week, so I'll just leave you with a go Irish, beat Tigers. Go Irish. Go Irish. Canada wins again.